Welcome to the Losing Weight with Fasting and Mindful Eating podcast. I am your host, Monika Banach, an advanced practice nurse and a weight loss coach. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to today's episode. Today, I will be discussing how to get the weight loss momentum going, how you start the weight loss progress, and give you 14 tips that will help you accomplish your weight loss goals, and most importantly, help you stick to your weight loss long-term if you continue to implement those tips in your lifestyle. So let's start off with, well, how do you get the weight loss momentum going? You just start. Let's say you're skiing down a slope. You initially, you kind of start slowly. And then as you keep going, you pick up the momentum. But if you don't get on those skis, you're not going to get anywhere. Even though initially it might feel like the weight loss is going super slow, you just have to start. There's no like magic way to (laughs) To do it, you just start, you know, rather it's, hey, today I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to add one vegetable to my diet. You just start. Weight loss starts in your mind with changing how you think. It doesn't start in the gym with lifting a dumbbell. So I would encourage you before you start your weight loss journey, take a couple of days off or just take a couple of days to just kind of journal your thoughts. Write down your goals, write down your reasons why, why this is important to you. And like Nike says, just do it. Don't overthink this. I'm going to kind of go through 14 steps you can use as a guideline to help you lose weight and also maintain the weight. Because as we know, we don't just, it's not like a temporary process, not like you lose weight and then you just stop everything you've been doing. So number one, change your mindset. Losing weight is not hard, but oftentimes we make it more complicated by overthinking it in our mind. When it comes to losing weight, it isn't as simple as finding more willpower. But oftentimes we make it harder than it's supposed to be. Weight loss is all about changing the old behavioral patterns. Being able to distinguish between different and hard is important. What happens is when we start the weight loss process, we have already in our mind decided that it's going to be hard. This is going to suck, blah, blah, blah. We go into, we go into it with anxiety, about worrying about stuff. Am I going to mess up? Am I going to give in to temptation? And we wake up in the morning hoping that we won't screw up. So the more you feel anxious, the more likely you're going to give in to temptation. Instead, just kind of take it a day by day. Like today, I'm going to do my best. Tomorrow, I'm going to do my best. (laughs) Number two, don't fall for the quick fad diets. You have to focus on making it a lifestyle. I'm certain most of you have tried at least few quick fix diets in my lifetime. I'm pretty sure I have gone through 
most of them, I would say, fat diets seem to kind of pop up like dandelions in spring. They're everywhere. Many people fall for these diets, which make these dubious claims that, you know, you do this, you burn fat, lose weight quickly. And oftentimes what happens, the quicker we lose the weight, the faster we gain it back. And oftentimes we gain more weight back. So find something that you can do long term and start with these small achievable goals. And if you ever think of a diet that seems to be too good to be true, you're probably right. There isn't like one perfect product, one perfect magic pill that's just going to melt your fat away and make you feel better instantly overnight. So keep that in mind. Number three, focus on what you will be gaining instead of what you will have to give up when it comes to weight loss. See, a lot of times what we do in our mind, we're like, oh, I can't drink anymore, or I can't eat carbs, I can't have sweets, I don't know if I can do this. Well, you still can have those things in moderation. And instead of focusing on the things that you cannot have, focus on the things that you will be gaining, like I'll be able to fit into my cute, sexy clothes, my dresses. I'll be able to prevent chronic diseases when I get older. I'll have more energy. I'll be able to see my kids graduate college. Those are the things you should be focusing on, not on what you'll be giving up, but what you will be gaining from changing your lifestyle, feeling better. Number four, follow the 80-20 rule, which is 80% unprocessed whole foods, and then 20% of the time enjoying the foods and treat yourself with things that you don't eat every single day. And originally the 80-20 rule was known as the Pareto principle, which states that for many events, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. You can apply the rule to many aspects of your life, like goal setting, diet, and just remember that 80-20 is not a diet or a weight loss tool. It is an approach to healthy eating, teaching you balance, moderation, and indulging without feeling guilty. We all know that if we deprive ourselves from all of the treats, all the sweets, it simply is not sustainable. and You oftentimes, when you do deprive yourself from everything, you create this unhealthy relationship with food in your mind. So keep that in mind as well. Number five, restriction mentality leads to binge eating events. So kind of going with number four, stop restricting and focus on making better choices. Follow that 80-20 rule. And like fasting, fasting is an amazing tool, not only to help you lose weight, but also heal your body. But fasting is not a magic pill or another fad diet. You have to work on fixing the old habits that you have created over years, like emotional eating and other forms of disordered eating, such as boredom eating, comfort eating, binge eating. Those are habits that are formed. We form those habits in order not to feel 
I often use the analogy of Band-Aid and skin source underneath the Band-Aid. Like for people that emotionally eat, they use the food as the temporary Band-Aid, but it never fixes anything. As a matter of fact, that Band-Aid makes things worse. It creates skin ulcers underneath the Band-Aid. They continue to get worse and worse until we get to a point that that pain is so severe that we can't deal with it anymore. And this is that weight that we have accumulated over years that becomes such a physical and mental burden. And just like learning a bad habit, for example, like stress eating, you can also unlearn it by creating new, better habits, healthier habits. This does take some time. You don't unfix all those bad habits in one night. It takes approximately 66 days, according to research, to create a new habit. Move your body daily. Number six, I try to aim for at least 10,000 steps per day. I often have like a Fitbit or, you know, Apple Watch, whatever you use to track your steps. I do think that it does help to kind of keep you aware, like on those days where you don't do much, like how, like I think one day I would just like launch on the couch, watch TV, go from kitchen to the living room. And I had like a thousand steps. It's crazy. So having like a tool that shows you, you know, how much you're moving, I do think it helps motivate you. And again, it doesn't have to be like going to the gym and hammering weights or doing two hours on the elliptical. This simply could be things like moving around the house more often, standing more than sitting or laying on the couch, getting outside for a walk, doing activities that you enjoy and incorporating them as part of your daily schedule instead of like, okay, if I have time, I'll do my walk. Because you know what happens. Usually the day gets crazy and that time kind of runs away from us. So if you don't schedule those activities, most likely you're not going to be able to do them. I mean, even like going into the garden, weeding out your garden, just like anything that you can find that creates movement. If you do enjoy like classes, going to the gym, do that. Find what works for you. Number seven, incorporate daily affirmations. I'm a big believer of what you think you believe. Your thoughts govern everything about you. So you have to start choosing better thoughts about yourself, about your current situation. If you every time you walk by the mirror and you look at yourself and you're like, oh, I'm a fat big. I don't like the way I look. You're not going to feel good. I actually have like a (laughs) page and a half of daily affirmations next to my bed stand. First thing I do is I wake up and I read those affirmations out loud. Because what you believe, what you, what your mind believes, what you think you believe. And I mean, those, I mean, those are all the things that I believe about myself. Like I'm enough. I'm strong. I'm sexy. Whatever it is, come up with those affirmations and say them to yourself on a daily basis. Number eight, set realistic goals. And instead of having like this one big goal, hey, I got to lose 100 pounds, break it down into smaller goals. Like 
okay, this month I need to lose 10 pounds. This way, you're not going to feel so overwhelmed with that pressure. Oh my gosh, how am I going to lose the 100 pounds? When you are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, like you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, how am I going to get there? You just spend that one day at a time. You know, you walk certain amount, then you walk another amount tomorrow and you just climb like one day at a time. Eliminate sugar from your diet. That's number nine. Eating too much sugar is devastating for your health. That's just, that's all it is to it. Added sugar, it's everywhere, like such as soda, sweets, processed foods. And it has been shown to contribute to obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, cancer, tooth decay, and lots of other health issues. Research actually shows that Americans, they eat about 55 to 92 grams of added sugar daily, which is equivalent to 13 to 22 teaspoons of sugar every day. Sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. This is according to studies. That's not according to me. Your brain reacts the same to sugar and cocaine. So when you are sad, you're depressed, you crave sweets because your brain wants, it wants to increase dopamine receptors. And that's the pleasure center in your brain. 80% of our food contains sugar. Like, for example, one can of soda. Like Coke soda has 38 grams of sugar, which is nine and a half teaspoons of sugar. Like, would you ever put nine teaspoons of sugar in your coffee? Probably not. But when you drink a can of soda, most likely you don't even think about it because the way it is advertised, you know, nobody talks about, oh my gosh, there's nine and a half teaspoons of sugar in one can of soda not to mention all the other chemicals and the coloring and all that stuff. Dr. Hyman calls sodas the liquid death, and he calls diet sodas the new improved liquid death. According to research, one can of diet soda per week increases the risk of diabetes in women by 66%. Number 10, address the emotional problems that you are trying to numb with food. When you stop avoiding feeling things, there won't be things you will need to numb with food and alcohol. If you ever found yourself in a situation when you finished a meal or a snack and you don't remember actually eating the food, that is usually when you eat emotionally or just mindless eating. Like you just eat because out of habit, maybe because you're bored. When we feel stressed, bored, or facing difficult problems in our lives, we often turn to food for comfort. Sometimes that's conscious and sometimes that, that's unconscious. Like you're sitting in front of the TV and next thing you know, you just finished a whole bag of chips. So that's usually unconscious. You just eat because, because you just eat. Emotional eating can be triggered by uh, relationship conflicts, work, life stress, fatigue, lack of sleep, financial pressures, health problems, boredom. All of those could be triggers of emotional eating. And if you find yourself being triggered by those, I would pay attention to it and perhaps maybe get some help so you can get through it because that is very, very mentally exhausting. 
because you feel like you can't stop it, like it's taking over you. Number eleven, stop punishing yourself when you mess up. There's really no reason to punish yourself when you like yourself. You will want to take care of your body instead of punish it with junk food and alcohol. And when you do mess up, just let it go. Forget about it. Forgive yourself. Move on. It is easy to say, but it is hard to do sometimes because when we mess up, we feel like we need to punish ourselves for the mistakes we've made. And too often, we do punish ourselves for past mistakes, stuff from the past. If we could somehow make it up, or the wrong that we've we've done, but. If you live in the past, whether it's yesterday or ten years ago, it doesn't really help us move on. So let go of the grudges, release the chain that's holding you back from all the mistakes in the past, so you can live a better life and feel better and make better choices instead of beating yourself up. Number twelve. Change the language. Instead of working against your pain points, you work with them. You want to pursue it rather than run from it. So, like, if you're having issues, like with losing weight, like don't just ignore it. Like, okay, I'm gonna start Monday. I'm not gonna worry about it today. It doesn't help. It it just prolongs the the inevitable. I have dealt with. Being overweight for eleven years, and when I think back, I could have been enjoying these twelve. Not, I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy those twelve years, but I could have been enjoying those twelve years even more so by feeling good, wearing cute clothes, being able to wear a bikini instead of covering myself with mumus or whatnot. Like it just—it's such a game changer for your entire life. Number thirteen, use positive reinforcement, and that is like find ways to reward yourself by doing the right behaviors. And I'm not saying like reward yourself with like treats, like food. Like you're not a you're not a dog. You shouldn't really be eating treats. I mean, it's fine if you say, you know what, I've done so well this month. I am gonna enjoy my. Favorite glass of wine or two glasses of red wine at dinner—that's fine. But you know, you shouldn't be eating like a bag of chips. Like, okay, I'm treating myself with chips. You can have food like healthy snacks. You could get a massage as a treat. New clothes. Have positive self-talk. Like, tell yourself, "Good job." Reward yourself with words, with clothes. So, reinforcement, positive reinforcement. Enforcement is also important, and you continue to reinforce the change until it becomes a habit. At first, give the reward almost every time you see like a good behavior, and then start rewarding yourself like half the time, and then later reward yourself once in a while. Like initially, when you start off, you might need a little bit more positive reinforcement when you reach the small goal, so your brain learns. To recognize it as okay, good job, you did good. I mean, it really is like that simple. Last one, accountability. Number fourteen. Where there's no accountability, there's no responsibility. Accountability, according to research, increases goal achievement by ninety-five percent. That's quite significant. 
of course, you know, you don't want to, eventually you want to be accountable to yourself because like, let's say I could move in with you and be your accountability partner. But when I go to the restroom or go take a shower, you can scarf a whole box of cookies because I'm not watching you. So there has to be like a point where, you know, you do have to learn to be accountable to yourself because that only works if you are able to be accountable to yourself and want this. It cannot be like forced. But accountability does help because it's nice to have somebody there. Like if you if you tell your best friend, hey, we gotta meet at the gym at 5 a.m. If it was just you going to the gym, you probably could talk yourself out of it. Like, oh, you know, it's too early. It's too cold, blah, blah, blah. And you might not go. But if you know that you are meeting your friend there, you are more likely to to go and meet them in the gym because you don't want to disappoint them. Same thing with getting a coach. I have had coaches pretty much my whole life. I still have a coach. I have a business coach now. Now I had a fasting coach. I had a coach for like when I was training for bikini show, I had a coach. I do think it's important to have somebody that knows the journey that can push you through it. And I do think that when you have to respond to someone, especially when you pay the money, you are more likely to stick to it and be accountable and keep going. That's a big, I would say accountability is like top three for most people when they're losing weight. So hopefully all these tips are going to help you in your weight loss process. You know, again, you don't, you don't have to do all of them at the same time, but just start incorporating them. You know, again, weight loss is 99% mental. It starts your mind. It doesn't start in the gym. It starts in your mind and it starts with that decision that you make the promise you make to yourself. And if you keep the promises you make to yourself, it builds confidence and self-esteem. That's all I got for today. Have an awesome, awesome week and keep going. Don't ever stop believing yourself because you are worth it. 